0: Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. Uh, For those of you that are listening on the day that this is released, I'm recording this a little bit in advance because I am a little ahead of schedule. Um, I know if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that sometimes I batch my content. Sometimes I tend to create in more of a like as I go mode. And it really just depends on what's going on. And right now, I'm a little bit ahead because I recorded ahead for the holidays and I'm actually trying to keep that schedule of being just a little bit of ahead of my content schedule because I have a lot of stuff happening in January. Um, There's going to be a session of Piano Practice Lab, which those of you that have been around for a really long time, you might know that that is my four day free event that opens enrollment to casual to confident, which is my main high ticket program that only opens a couple of times a year. So I'm doing that coming up here in January, actually, if you're listening, it's going to be starting today, the day that this episode is released. And January is just a really busy month. I have a trip coming up. I have a new member of the team starting. And so there's just a lot going on, but I'm really excited to be here with you today because I am recording this on January 2nd. So I'm like three weeks ahead of time. And I just had a long trip, a long vacation, a long time off, and it was really wonderful. And I'm so happy to be back and I'm just excited to be on the mic with you today. So we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about a little bit about my trip because today's topic actually like kind of ties into my vacation and my holiday time off and the trip that I took. And I want to dive in and talk about debunking the myth of passive income. Okay, I have a lot of feelings about the term passive income and a lot of ideas, and I want to share with you how I made $3,000 on my holiday vacation and what that looked like, okay? And the reason I wanted to do an episode about this is because, well, there's a lot of reasons. So I have mixed feelings about passive income and people sharing their numbers like I did in the title of this episode, and I'm going to call myself out. And part of it is because on the one hand, I really appreciate transparency. I love to see people that are further along the journey than I am. And I loved them to share their numbers. Like they're transparent and they're like, this is how much money I make. This is how much money I made from this launch. This is what I'm doing. It brings a level of like honesty and trust to the process that I just really appreciate it. And I also love to use it as an example of what's possible right? Because it's really cool to be like, oh my gosh, that's possible. I didn't even, I didn't even know that was possible. But now that I know that it's possible, I can aspire towards that. But on the other hand, I I think that people tend to drop these huge numbers. You know, like someone would be like, oh my gosh, I had a $90,000 launch. And they'll just drop these huge numbers and not give any context. And oftentimes it's done like with passive income. So like I made this amount of money of passive income. And I think that it's really, I don't know, it feels icky to me when people don't give the context of how that came to be because the whole concept of passive income is interesting because who doesn't want passive income, right? Like if you told me that I could make money from doing nothing, yes, sign me up. (laughs) I think we would all be on board with that. But, and that's, I think that's when people share those numbers. That's kind of what it seems like. It's like, oh my gosh, I made, you know, six figures of passive income. And they'll show videos of them like, you know, being on vacation with their family or just playing in the yard with their kids. And, it's a little bit of a disconnect because yes, it's great to set up a business that is automated and scalable where you can serve more people and where you can have that money flowing to you in a much easier way. But the reality is that no income is truly 100% passive, right? It's going to take either some in the work moment and you can for sure decrease the amount of work that it takes in the moment. Absolutely. And Or at the very least, it's going to take some initial setup, okay? And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I was going to come up with like a whole outline for this episode, and I was going to try to give you like five takeaways to passive income or something, something, you know, I was going to like try to come up with something super tangible. And then I just decided I'm just going to share the story with you. I'm going to share with you how this happened and how I got to this point. Because I know that in there, you're going to hear some lessons and some takeaways that are going to be helpful. And also because I want to make it clear that I'm not done on this journey, right? I, I, I'll i get a little more into it as I share the story, but I got like my first taste of actual true passive income in the moment. And I'll describe more of what that means. And I can't wait to do more of it, but I haven't arrived, right? Like this isn't how I'm making all of my money yet. And I want to share this journey with you as opposed to trying to outline exactly how you're going to do it from a point of I've arrived. I think I'm always going to be on the journey. I think I'm always, I'm the type of person that's always going to be like tweaking and trying to see how I can do it better, trying to get it even bigger and all of that. So this is my story. So I was, um, I traveled over Christmas with my daughter. We went to Utah to visit some family. It was really fun. I was very intentional about trying to unplug about making sure that I wasn't doing any work during that time because the last few months have just been, they've felt like a sprint. Like they've felt like, It's good work and it's not, you know, it's not the most hard work, but my work days have been pretty back to back maxed out during my work hours that I do have for that, you know, 25 hours a week. And so I've just been really feeling like I want to unplug. I wanted to not be on technology. I wanted to like go experience nature and the world and just decompress. And so that's what we did. We did a lot of swimming, shockingly, which is kind of funny because we went to a colder temperature um, and ended up doing swimming at a really fun little, like, indoor water park. We went to one of the hot springs. It was really, really cool. And one of the highlights of the vacation from a work standpoint was that there were three days in a row where I got little notifications up on my phone that I had sold uh, Secrets to Sight Reading, the digital course. And... This was actually happening before. So it had started to trickle in before the vacation, but I recently have set up an evergreen funnel and I'll describe what that means here in a second. um, Meaning that I could sell this course on evergreen and that course sales would theoretically be coming in on a regular basis without me having to like meet with people on zoom to describe the, the course and what it offers and stuff like that. And so it could be more or less selling passively on the back end while I am not actively selling it. Okay. Now, When I was on vacation, there were three days in a row where two people bought the course for those three days in a row. And the course is $500. And so bam, in three days, $3,000. And I was on the, I mean, on the one hand, I mean, so, so excited, so elated, so grateful because this is what I've been working so hard for. Um, and then on the other hand, it's what I've been working so hard for and what I've had in my mind for so long that it was just kind of like, oh yeah, I, I knew this was going to happen eventually because it's felt like a long journey to get here. Right. And so I'm going to dive a little bit into that journey and and let you know what it looked like um, so that you can understand because in the moment when I was on vacation, yes, it was passive income it was the coolest feeling ever. I'm not going to lie. Like to just be on vacation and to have money coming into my business account and to just see that, you know, people were buying my course and I wasn't even on social media in the moment. I wasn't doing a free class. I wasn't promoting anything. It just, it was happening without me being there to sell it right then in the moment. And it was an incredible feeling. Like the I know I've talked on this podcast about the energy of money. The energy of that was so, so high. Um, yes, so I look forward to more of that. And I look I look forward to sharing more about it with you as this goes on. Um, but for those of you that don't know, so the context of this was that this is not truly passive income, right? It's not like I just magically have something that people are magically buying and it didn't take any time or effort. That's not how it happened. In the moment on vacation, it was passive income because I wasn't doing anything to sell it at that moment. However, I've been working since May of 2023 to get this whole system in place, okay? And so I'm gonna break that down for you and let you know what went into it and some of the things that I learned along the way. So in about, I would want to say maybe April or May of 2023, I came up with the idea to teach a live class about sight reading. And I know I had one other episode. I didn't look at the number before I started this one. I had one other episode where I talked about this a little bit. And so you might have heard me talk about it a little bit, but I, um, I had gotten a lot of people in my audience in YouTube and in my Facebook group that were really struggling with sight reading. And that was one of the number one things I was hearing over and over and over again. And so I was I I already have like a method uh, that I use to teach sight reading and some of those things that I know have been really, really helpful for adult students in the past. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to put together a live class. I'm going to sell it one time, see how many people I can get enrolled in this live class. And then after I teach it live, I'm either going to record modules from what I learned teaching it live, or I'm going to take what I taught live and I'm going to turn that into a digital course. And my goal all along was to um i there was a brief moment where i was like considering not turning it into a course and maybe offering it like one time a year as like a special you know seasonal class or something like that but i ultimately decided against that idea and i wanted to go in the direction of offering it as a digital course and so i put together the course which means that i came up with all of the content that i was going to teach now for those of you that are teachers, like you're creating content all the time. So I already knew how I would teach sight reading. I already knew a little bit about how my method was different than other people's. And I already knew the mistakes that adults were making and the ways that I could help them fix it. And that comes from years and years of teaching experience. Right. And if I were to ask you like, how do you teach music theory or how do you teach music history? You would probably be able to tell me. And chances are in your description of how you do that, there'd be some things that you do that are pretty unique to you. And that's important because that makes you different than other teachers. So I I came up with the way that I would teach it. And then I had to organize that information. I had to come up with, you know, what is the length of this class? How often are we going to meet? What is all going to be included? And as I'm talking through this, I'm not going to do a a super deep dive into that, but I I could do another episode on that. Let me know if that's something you'd be interested in, in how I came up with like, what was included in that course and how to come up with the price and all of that kind of stuff. So I decided it would be a six week live class we would meet once a week for an hour long class. And so there'd be six hour long lectures. And then there were some really cool things. Like I actually created custom materials, a handbook. I actually wrote the site reading examples that go into the course. And I created a, like a study guide thing. And then I offered accountability practice sessions too where I wasn't teaching, but where we could all show up in Zoom and they could practice um, and just kind of have that accountability. So there's a lot of cool like value adds to the course and a lot of stuff that they get to ensure that they would really be able to, truly level up their sight reading skills. Now I taught the class live and I love this way of teaching because my go-to has always been in the past, like a lot of my knowledge comes from one-on-one instruction. The feedback that I get when I teach live is essential. And so I wanted to teach the class live because I wanted people to tell me if they liked it. I wanted people to tell me if it was working. I wanted to be able to know what I could tweak, and all of that kind of stuff. And that's why I, I gave myself the space to say, I'm either going to use the recordings and turn it into a course, or I'm going to re-record with what I learned. Now, thankfully, I taught the class from like June... I think we started mid June or maybe it was early July. It was over the summer and it was six weeks. And thankfully the class recordings were good enough. And I ended up actually just taking those class recordings and editing out some of the pauses, some of the questions that weren't as applicable to the the subject matter. And I ended up actually using the recordings and creating the course from the recordings. Now. Having gone through that several times because I've done that with other courses, I will say it's not necessarily an easier option because it's a little heavy on the editing. So it doesn't necessarily take less time than recording new videos, Um, but I had just already done it and I wanted to capture like the the magic and the energy of that live room of when I taught it with people because I think that's when I teach best is when I'm in front of people um, and I have that feedback. So I did that. I turned, you know, I started, I worked on editing the videos and I sold the first course in, I want to say September. Was it September? No, it was October. So I edited all the course. I I redid the landing page, which is the website where all of the information about the course was. I shifted the vocabulary from like a live class to being a digital course. And I came up with an event um, called Speed Reader that I, I did live. So it was like a free hour long class where I sold the course at the end of the class. Now, this was like a whole other part of the journey. So once I came up with the course and once I taught the course live, that really revolved around like a lot of the content. And yes, there was marketing there, but live classes are- are in the context of like a digital course or a live class, something live is a little bit easier to sell. And so I, I really focused on the content. I really focused on the curriculum of the course. And then once I shifted into selling it as a digital course, I really had to get down in the marketing of it, right? And I had to figure out now how do I shift the messaging slightly and make sure that this works as a digital course um, as opposed to a live class that I was teaching. So there were some tweaks that I had to make. I had to edit the website, like I said. And I created an a, a, a free hour-long class to sell the course. Now, the class, of course, had a lot of value in it as well. Um, it's called like, you know, like a launch event, and that's what that class was. And my goal was to do the launch event a few times to figure out how to sell it the best so that I could then turn it evergreen. And what evergreen means is you have essentially a class recording or a recording of you teaching that you can give people on demand or that people can access through your website, through your content, and that they can watch on demand and it sells them the course, right? And so I taught this this masterclass, is what I'll call it, three times. Once in October, once in November, and once in December. And in December, I finally got the numbers that I wanted where I was like, okay, this is the live class that I will use. This is the one I'm gonna turn into a recording. And so I did it. And so I um I turned that December live class into a replay. And then I've been talking about that replay a lot, right? I've been talking about it. I've been talking about it in every single one of my YouTube videos. I've been posting about it in my Facebook group. I've been sending emails about it occasionally. And I've been making every single person aware that this replay is available. So people have been opting in. They've been requesting the replay. Now, this is the one part where I want to pause, because as you can see, we're in December now, but I've been working on this (laughs) since May, right? I've taught the live class. I came up with all the materials. I should go back and do an audit, but I'm going to guess at one point I did calculate it. It took me probably like 25 hours to come up with all of the materials for the class, to write all of the examples, to get them in finale, all of that kind of stuff. And then you know probably about 25 more hours doing the landing page, crafting the sales emails, all of that kind of stuff probably about another 10 hours working on the slides for the live class where I launched it, working on the marketing, working on all of that kind of stuff. And so now we're up to December and I'm already really invested in this, right? Like I've probably already spent 50, hours-ish on this course at least. I I will come back with you. I will come back to you with hard numbers, but I'm going to estimate about 50 hours have already been spent. And then I had to go down a technology rabbit hole (laughs) and I had to figure out how do I include like all of the stuff that I wanted to include. And so the way that I sell secrets to site reading is really fun. And I should, I'll do an episode on this too about different like sales tactics and how to make the sales experience not only really fun for you as the salesperson, but also how to really provide like a ton of value to people so that they want to say yes, right. And so that you're really solving the problems that they have. And at that point, to me it's not, it doesn't even feel like sales. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm showing up and I'm helping people and it's mutually beneficial. So I had to go down this little technology rabbit hole because the way that I sell the course is that I will have this, you know, recorded class that people opt into. And then at the end of the class, I do the pitch about the course. And I tell them that, you know, if you are excited about this and you purchase it by the end of the day tomorrow, you're also going to get this bonus. Okay. And then a few more emails go out over the next course of the next few days. And then I have a couple of last emails where like a payment plan is introduced and another bonus is offered. Okay. And this is all to make it exciting and interesting and to really add value so that people not only are excited about the course and what it can do for them, but also to make the experience of buying it fun. I always like to under-promise and over-deliver so that people feel like when they get access and they purchase things from me, um, they are getting a lot, right? And they're pleasantly surprised. It's so much better to go that direction than to have it go the other direction. So in order to do this in a way that was truly quote unquote evergreen, meaning it would work without me actually like manually going in and adjusting deadlines and like manually granting people access to different bonuses, I had to learn how to use a lot of new, tech- new technology. So I had to figure out how to set up my video um, on a landing page and do an opt-in form so people could actually like request the video and get it emailed to them automatically. Okay. And so all of that happens without me, right? If I give someone the link to opt in to get the video, they enter their name and their email address. And then automatically the video is sent to them. Automatically they are subscribed to an email sequence that will sell them the course once they're done watching the video. And in order to implement these bonuses at these different time periods in the sales sequence, I u- I learned how to use Deadline Funnel, which is something that I had used before. I had a little bit of experience, um, but I kind of had to dive in and fully commit to it. So there was like a lot of tech hurdles. And those of you that are longtime listeners know that tech hurdles are not my favorite. I always... I always have this idea in my mind that it's going to be impossible or that it's going to take like a million hours and it's never impossible and it never takes as long as I think it's going to take. But it's just, for me, it feels like a big hurdle. So I dove in, I figured out deadline funnel, I figured out all the automation so that everything worked together. I felt like I was a computer programmer because I was like, It was like where I was trying to learn the software and then I was having to like Google what the terms were so I could even understand what I was reading. It was a lot of me sitting on my couch early in the morning and late at night, probably looking pretty disheveled, (laughs) staring at a screen, trying to figure out all of these tech terms uh, just to paint a picture for you. So I figured that out. And then right before the holiday break, so I would say like around December 18th, the funnel went live okay and the funnel is just this whole this whole thing right like the the ability for people to opt in to grab this replay and then the sales sequence that goes out to them and i i know with anything you have to wait right? And this is the part where, oh my gosh, it's so hard for me because when you are setting up offers and this doesn't matter if it's like what I'm talking about right here, when you're setting up like an evergreen course, when you're setting up a new offer for your existing students, when you are offering a new type of lesson, a new length of lesson, it doesn't matter what your offer is An offer is anything that you are selling to anyone. You have to wait, you have to give it time. You have to give it enough time to gather data to see if it works because as I just described to you, there's like some complex moving pieces here, right? There's the, the landing page or the website that people go to to request the video. Now, if my website is turning people off or isn't optimized, nobody's gonna request the video and it's not gonna work. Right? So there's that part of it that I need to test. And then there's the actual sales video itself. I I taught it live. I did this class live and I knew it sold well live, but I didn't know how it would work as a recording. And so there's the chance that people are opting in getting to the video and not watching the video, right? And then that's something I need to fix. And then if they're staying for the whole video, there's the whole sales email sequence and they're getting all of these emails. And if people aren't clicking in the emails or if people aren't buying, then I know that maybe there's something wrong with the emails Or maybe there's something wrong with the additional website of where they actually go to buy the course. So there's like at least five or six moving pieces here that they all have data. Okay. And so you have to wait, you have to give yourself time. A lot of times people will just like put something up and then say, oh, it doesn't work and scrap it all. But I'm a big fan of waiting. I'm a big fan of knowing like what are the various data collection points? So you can see where people get lost right? And it's always important to know like what your processes are for onboarding new students. What are your processes for selling? What information are people seeing and where are they getting lost? Where are they saying no in the process? Because you can, it's really likely that you don't need to scrap the whole product or that you don't need to scrap the whole offer, but just that somewhere along the process, you need to do some tweaking. So anyway, I had already done quite a bit of tweaking because as you know, from this episode, I've been selling this for months and months and months. So I set it up around December 18th and just let it go and I saw that people were opting in. And so I was like, okay, that's great. People are getting there. And then I did notice that people were not watching the video. They were only staying around for two minutes. That's not good. It was a 40 minute video. So I went in and I I noticed in the first two minutes, I definitely had some like little floundering around where I wasn't speaking as clearly. So I cut out some of that. I made the video a lot more tight. I cut out the ums, I cut out some pauses, and then I put the video back up and noticed that people were watching a lot longer. So then I fixed that issue. So people were watching longer. And then thankfully the same Emails were already pretty well adjusted um, from the previous times that I had sold it. And then I had to kind of make some tweaks with the Deadline Funnel software to make sure that, like, um, Deadline Funnel is a program that uh, puts deadlines on things. And so, like, when someone watches the video, it will put a timer that is unique to them for the bonus. So it's an actual real deadline. So when I say in the video, when you purchase now until the end of the day tomorrow, you'll get this free bonus. That's a real deadline. Like that's not a fake thing. They really do have only that amount of time. And what Deadline Funnel does, it's really cool, is it will take them to an offer expired page if they click on it after the deadline. So I made some tweaks to that, made sure it was working properly. And then I just let it go and I just waited and I was just patient and I was looking at the numbers every couple of days. Um, I got a couple of sales here and there that first week. And then I was on vacation and I got all of those sales in the three-day period. And then sales have still been trickling in. That three-day period was definitely the most. And that's my my goal is to get it to the point that it's selling like two to three times a day in the background. Um, but I got the first taste of that. And I know that it's possible. To do even more with that. I know that it's possible because my journey up until this point has been a lot of like, how do I automate? How do I make this a little bit smarter, not harder? How do I do this in a way where it doesn't take so much time and energy from me every time I want to do it? And I wanted to pass that along to you because it is possible. Um, you know, $3,000, it's not the biggest number I've seen someone say, but it's also, it felt huge to me because it just did. It felt like it was passive in the moment, but I wanted to acknowledge to you all of the steps that it took to get there, um, up until this point. So I definitely want to do another episode and reach out to me on Instagram and let me know if you want, or, or in the Facebook group. And let me know if you want me to do an episode where I talk a little bit more about these like sales funnels and setting them up and how to do that. It's something that, you know, it's a hot, it's like the term is the funnel, but a funnel is really just how a customer, interacts with you, right? And so even if you're teaching private lessons, you have a funnel. Your funnel is person to person. Or if your funnel is like people find you on social media, it's social media and then probably a phone call or a Zoom call with you or maybe they come for a free lesson. You have funnels in place because your funnels are how you get students. Um, And so there are just a variety of different kinds of funnels that have different kinds of automations that you can use to make it a little bit more passive as opposed to a little bit more involved. So this is my lesson this is how i was able to create some passive with that um, disclaimer that i gave at the beginning of the episode passive quote unquote income while i was on vacation for the holiday break and i can't wait to keep you all updated on on how that goes in the future and i have some really exciting ideas and things i'm going to do with it so i'll keep you updated there I hope you got some good takeaways from them this episode. Hope you got some lessons. Some of the lessons that I have learned, like I just mentioned here at the end, would be don't scrap it, right? Don't give up, don't throw out the whole idea. Chances are your initial idea, your gut feeling was really, 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 really good. It just needs some tweaking or you need to get clearer on your messaging. There's probably a part in the process that needs tweaking. It's not that the whole system needs to be scrapped. Passive income, I think with that initial work, is then eventually very possible. And I'm so excited to see more of what that brings. If you are liking this episode, please go ahead and give it some stars or write a review. I would really, really love that, especially if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now and you've learned anything from it. It's just, it really helps get the message out to more people. It helps the podcast grow. And it also I love reading those. I love reading them. I love reading the reviews. I read every single one of them. I screenshot them. I share them on social media. Um, I can make it anonymous for you. That's totally fine. I usually do, but I just really, it truly like lights up my day when I get those reviews. So I would really appreciate that. And I will talk to you next week. I hope you have a fantastic week of teaching and a fantastic week in general. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. You can do this. Hey there. Thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to get to know you.